Hey guys, so today I decided to record a little precursor to the show in order to say a few things up top. First of all, I hope that everyone is safe, happy, and healthy as can be, and that their families are as well. I know this time has been overwhelming for people on so many levels, myself included. Um, While I'm so grateful to be healthy and that my family is as well. I personally have experienced some of the worst anxiety as of late that I've had in years. So I just wanted to take a moment starting out to wish everyone the best. As we've seen the past couple of weeks, things in the world are changing rapidly and circumstances are getting worse before they get better. So given that, I just wanted to note that it is very important for us all to continue to stay the fuck home right now and to give back in any way we can. I personally love and have donated to Bethany Frankel's organization, Be Strong, which is currently focusing their efforts on distributing N95 masks as well as gowns to hospitals nationwide to help those medical professionals stay safe and continue to help the people being affected by the virus. Um, They're also making Corona kits, working on finalizing Corona self-test kits, and much more. You can read about that on her website, bethany.com or uh, just google be strong but really any charity or way you see fit to give back right now even if that's just a supportive venmo to a friend or a small business that's been hit by this and is struggling right now now is definitely the time I also want to say on a less critical but still quarantine-related note that since this was my first quarantine episode, um, there were some challenges recording remotely that made it so the audio couldn't be exactly up to par with what I would normally aim for. That being said, this episode is still amazing and you should definitely give it a listen because Serena is so smart and has really incredible advice for ways to stay creative and confident and happy in the face of everything going on. I also just wanted to say a massive thank you to all of you who are listening. The support has been so incredible and is something I'm just beyond grateful for right now. Also an update, you can listen on Apple Podcasts now. So if you guys could take a minute of your day to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend and do that on Apple Podcasts or any medium you listen to, I would just be eternally grateful. With that all being said, happy listening and thank you so much for continuing on this journey with me and let's get into the episode. And welcome to What the Fuck's Up podcast. I'm here today, fittingly, with Serena fucking Kerrigan, aka SFK. Um, welcome, Serena. Thank you for having me, Caitlin. I love the name of your podcast. It fucks. Thank you. I honestly, maybe I was subconsciously inspired by you with the fucking. Who knows? We love, um, we love. We love it. Okay, so just as a little introduction, um, Serena is my friend from New York City, but she's someone we all have to pay attention to because after four years at Refinery29 building up her skill set, today Serena is a video producer and digital creator who is 
has built her brand from the ground up and today can brag of 43,000 Instagram followers. She's also the self-appointed queen of confidence and wants her followers to be as well as she preaches female empowerment and strives for women to be unapologetic, authentic, and most importantly, self-confident. So welcome. Thank you for having me. How was my introduction? It was honestly, it fucked. It was amazing. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So Serena and I grew up knowing each other in New York City. We went to um, similar kind of schools and knew each other through similar social scenes. But then we also stayed abroad together in Sydney, Australia. So... Oh my God. That's where we, yeah, that was a great time where we got to know each other on a little bit of a deeper level, I'd say. Yeah, we had a great time. (laughs) To be able to go back to that right now would be, yeah. Yeah, seriously, especially right now. Just to like start off, I want to talk about quarantine because obviously that's what's on everyone's minds right now. So, how has your quarantine been? How have you been surviving? Um, honestly, like I, I don't really see it as surviving. I see it as thriving. I mean, surviving, obviously I'm staying inside, but I really like took this as an opportunity to just do what I do best, which is, you know, perform, entertain, make people laugh and, um, and motivate people. And I really like, you know, right before quarantine, um, I felt like I had a lot of momentum. I'd recently quit my job at refinery and like, I had a lot of events, like I felt like really great. And then this happened and I was like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? And I really do believe that for me, at least it was just like the universe being like, you need to focus on content and less on like getting your eyelashes done and like going to lunch, you know, not that I wasn't working, (laughs) but I definitely wasn't as focused. And there's so many distractions, like, especially like, you know, on the weekends, going out events, like, and at the end of the day, like what I am first is a content creator and I wasn't doing that as much. So this has been an amazing experience for me. I really just like, I've been doing things and pushing myself to try things that I wouldn't have usually. What's like an example of that? So I have a live show every day at 6.30 Eastern time called Quarantinis with SFK. And it's just like, it's, it's (laughs) really doing well. Like, I mean, it's really hard to have a live show on Instagram. Like I, I check out what other people are doing and it's really hard to have a concurrent engagement. And recently I've had like 250 people every single day, which is really great for my ratio. And then like I've been doing- A dating show, which I, is launching as my own on Friday called um, Let's Fucking Date with SFK. And it's going to be a live dating show on Instagram. I'm going to go on a date. And last week we had over a thousand people watching. Wow, that's so crazy. I feel, yeah. but I would have never done a live show. And it's ironic because I, when I was at Refinery, I was on their live team for two years. Like I know live so well. Like I understand how to produce it. I know how to host it. There's a very specific formula and a very specific time of, type of content when you're not editing mm-hmm. because you're not there you're not, you know, cutting out, you're not trimming the fat. Yeah. It's all there. So you yourself have to self-edit. And that is something that like comes with practice. So I feel like I understand pacing. I understand when to bring in a guest, when to, you know, change the song, when to start dancing, <laughs> when to get fucked up. It's like I I have a lot of practice. So I'm, it's just been such a rewarding experience because I'm like, oh, this is why I was on the Facebook live team for two years at Refinery because now I really know how to do this. Yeah. And it takes like a certain level of um, comfortability with yourself and improv. And I feel like that's something you're really good with. I appreciate that. Yeah. So talking about the dating stuff, that's really cool that you're starting your own show. Um, 
I don't know if you've seen these memes, like just talking about different people who could be behind the coronavirus. So like, obviously there's the one about Zoom being behind it or like Netflix. A lot of people have joked about Love is Blind coming out right before this all happened. Um, And I feel like you with your dating shows, from what I've seen, you were on the updating show for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Mm -hmm. kind of like your own little mini like Love is Blind simulation. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Um, Can you talk about doing that and what that's been like? I, you know, felt really um, anxious the first maybe weekend of Mm -hmm. quarantine, like the right, right when we started quarantining. And um, I was really anxious and I was really also surprised by how much I really wanted a Corona boyfriend and a Corona boyfriend is someone you would actually date in real life. It's someone that you're dating during, you know, quarantine. Yeah. So they're basically Uh, giving you attention uh, during this time when we need it. And you're giving them them attention, but it's also like, you know, a physical close connection with someone. And, and I was like surprised by how emotional and anxious and like desperate I felt. And I called my therapist and she was like, you know, in these moments of crisis and like catastrophe situations, you really evaluate what you have and what you don't have. And the need for like connection um, is totally heightened. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you it's it's completely normal. And I felt really good about that. And then, you know, I started talking about a Corona boyfriend and it kind of also took off. And like people, you know, were like tagging their Corona boyfriend and tagging me. And like, it was just like kind of a running thing. And then you know, I got an approach, do I want to go on a live dating show? And I don't want to talk about that show too much because they ended up being pretty like uh, rude. And like the hosts were just like a little misogynistic towards me. Oh, no, uh, I'm sorry. Why? No, it's totally fine. I don't, you know, I don't give a fuck. But like, <laughs> you know, at the end of the date last week, uh, they ended up like doing kind of an after show with the guy that I wanted to date on. And they're like, what did you think about Serena? And the guy was like, yeah, I thought she was great. And they're like, don't you think she's really challenging? Like someone needs to put her in her place. And I just was like, you know what, like, quite frankly, like, if you think that a strong personality and a confident and well-assured woman who asks tough questions on a date, by the way, in front of like, what, fucking 500 people? Yeah, which is super brave. Then like, I honestly just don't really want to be on your show anymore. So I left, I'm not doing their show and I'm just starting my own because, you know, who can do it? Yeah, good for you. Fuck yeah. No, I love that. Um, That's, I mean, that's horrible that they did that. Um, And super misogynistic and kind of like opposite of what I feel like your branding is, which is like female empowerment and not giving a fuck and saying whatever's on your mind. Um, So definitely doing something that's like more in line with your values and your brand. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, So you're talking about like having anxieties in the beginning. And obviously the fact that you're being so positive about this is amazing and that you're creating so much from it is amazing. But um, could you just talk a little bit more about like anxieties you've had during this time? Because I think that's something that's super relatable for people listening. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, your whole life is on pause. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people, you know, like are sick or have family members or you can't see their parents. Um, And, you know, I have to say, like, it was just like my roommate had left. My parents were uptown. I was alone in my apartment. My birthday was coming up. And Caitlin, you know better than anyone that I'm a bitch. And that gave me a lot of anxiety that I was going to be alone. Like my party was canceled. I had a cold sore. Like all these things were kind of crashing down. And, And then I was like, you know what? Like, am I allowed to feel disappointed, upset about that stuff? For sure. Like it's totally valid. Like people, you know, but then I was like, people have it way worse than I do. And I really try to put things into perspective. And I, you know, I let myself feel, I called my therapist, called my psychiatrist, called my mom, called my friends. And then I was like, this is happening and this is not on my control. So 
instead of being upset about the things that you literally can't control, why don't you put your you know energy into like working on what you can control, which are so many things, so many things that give me joy. And, you know, I'm an only child. Like you are too, right, Caitlin? Yeah. So I I mean, I've spent the majority of my life alone. Like I'm a freelancer again, like a lot of time alone. Like the alone part doesn't really like at first it was a little like, ah, and now I'm like, oh my God, like I've been FaceTiming with people. I FaceTime with these two men. Um, they're fucking mm-hmm. awesome. That was introduced that I haven't actually physically met yet that I love. We FaceTime every single day. And so are one of these your grown boyfriend? No, they're gay. They're gay. Oh. But they're gay. But like every single day we FaceTime and like we're like cracking up because like we've never fucking met. But it's like I feel like I've been, you know, talking to people, connecting with people that it's been a while. And it's like now it's yeah. like, what's your excuse? You don't have one. So whenever you're in a negative situation, and granted, this is like with a grain of salt, because obviously there's some negative situations, which like I can't comment on. But for me, it's like, how do you turn it into a positive? How can you make this moment like, you know, great for yourself? There's going to be there's not ever going to be another time in your life, you know, God forbid that that you're going to be trapped in your apartment. And while that might be really shitty for some people, I think other people could really take advantage of that time to do things that they normally wouldn't do. You know? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. And that's why I've been trying to do with, you know, just like kicking off this podcast and having more time to actually work on it and develop it. So as much as there are so many downsides and there is so much anxiety around the world, um, it is a really good time to just focus in, reconnect with people. I know last night I was actually having like a ton of anxiety personally, just feeling like kind of trapped for the first time through Mm -hmm. all this. I guess also because like we now know that this is going to last, you know, definitely longer than we might have originally thought. Um, And I reached out to some people through Instagram and I just got like such an overwhelmingly positive response. And I do think as much as there's horrible stuff going on between like the healthcare world and the lack of supplies and everything like that, um, it also has been like super healing in a way that you were talking about with people reconnecting and bonding together and trying to be supportive of one another. So I think this is really a great time for people to be creative and like take risks and try things that they haven't done before. So that is great advice from you. Agreed. So what's something that you've become more grateful for while you've been in quarantine? I mean, a ton that I'm, that I'm safe, that I'm healthy, that my parents are, you know, safe, that I'm financially stable, that my parents are as well. I mean, I'm grateful for all the things that like, you know, other people can't say, you know, the same. So I, you know, I I also just am grateful for like all my friends and my, you know, people in my life and that really have like supported me and um, are cheering me on. And, you know, I just, I'm really grateful for my community. Like they show up for me every fucking day. Like I didn't go live um, two days ago and someone from India messaged me and she was like, I've been waiting all day for your life. (laughs) Please go live. And I was, I was like shocked because I was like, you know, there's obviously a running joke on Instagram that it's so annoying that people go live. But again, like I know how to produce a live show. So it's a little different. Well, I think people who are saying that, like they're doing it to be funny themselves. But at this point, it's like, okay, you can only be so negative about what people are doing. There's only so much to do. And it seems like you're getting a lot of positive feedback from it. So yeah, I don't, yeah, you know, Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I just like, I'm really grateful for, you know, my health and my just like being able to continue my job. If anything, I feel like Mm -hmm. a more, I, you know, here's, here's something I feel anxious about. I feel right now that this is a one moment in my life 
that every, I have every single eyeball on. Like I have their attention, right? Because everyone's at home on their phone. Yeah. And so I feel the anxiety of having to create, create, create every single day. Every single day I need to do something, whether it's a TikTok, whether it's a video, whether it's a photo, you know, and it's very difficult when you're alone trying to produce a fucking video, I'll tell you that much, or even yeah. do the fucking photo on self-timer. It's very difficult. And I feel like, oh my God, if I don't do this now, like I'm running out of time, like I have to go. So it's that is anxiety provoking, you know, the, the need to constantly be churning out content when I really, the only person I have is myself, but I, I don't think of it as a negative. I'm just, I'm just using it to fuel me to, you know, to really not fuck around and to not procrastinate. Yeah. And that's really smart. And I think, um, in this time, like just, I feel like I have a newfound appreciation for the whole influencer type lifestyle and how much work does go in just trying to like get the right content out there and be representative of yourself and doing this podcast as well. There's a lot more behind the scenes than people necessarily give it credit for. Oh so God, like with you staging that and setting it up. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And then what was your birthday like? Like, what was it like being alone? How was that? Honestly, it was an amazing day. Like I knew that what was going to make me happy was to get like an incredible photo. So I ordered myself like these like snazzy pajamas. <laughs> I had a cake. I, I had a ring light. Like that to me, like that was what was going to make me happy if I had a really good content, yeah. to be honest, because I'm a content creator. And then I FaceTimed all day. I made a birthday TikTok. And then like, you know, my friends were like, it's so funny that you were the first person to have a birthday because like you, like one are the biggest birthday bitch, but it's almost like you <laughs> set the standard of like, hey, like you can be the biggest birthday bitch in the world and still have the best birthday. And I really did feel like it was a birthday that I'll always remember. I've never felt more loved. I literally heard from every single person in my life except my ex-boyfriend, which is like completely classic, but I don't give a fuck. But like every single – people just like – I couldn't even believe like the amount of love that I got. And it was really because like, again, no one is doing anything – technically like they're at home there's no distraction and it was on a weekend so I had a great birthday and you know I've been doing a lot of cameo requests about like it's my friend's birthday like she's really nervous about it and like I'm like there to like pep talk them and be like honey don't worry like it's actually like I've already been through this like you got it seriously okay so we talked about how you're Serena fucking Kerrigan you joke that it's your middle name although legally it's still not right no, no, it's definitely not. Definitely not. That okay. Not the vibe. What is your middle name again? Isn't it like Anne or something? It's Amelie. It's French. Amelie. Okay. That's way cooler. I love that. So can you just talk about the whole SFK persona and how you developed it and it grew over time? Because I personally love that story and think it's super inspirational. Yeah. I mean, I was just really insecure when I went to college. Um, like I really didn't love my body. Like I felt like I wasn't getting any, any attention from guys. Like I just like wasn't grounded with myself. I wasn't happy. And I just like, remember like I'm someone who like loves attention and like loves like, you know, like, you know, making a splash. And I was like, okay, I need like something that's going to stick. And also it ended up being for me, like just a way to remind myself that I am fucking amazing. And worthy and like a bad bitch. So I started introducing myself as that mm-hmm. and it stuck. I also like told everyone I changed it legally, which like obviously I needed to help, you know, <laughs> make it true, but uh it stuck and it was really just a persona. Like SFK was like a character that I created. She was like larger than life, she was extra, she didn't give a fuck. She was like sexually positive. She you know, she's she's me but like on a little bit like of steroids or something, yeah. right? I really created the character and I think that I like created her on Instagram as well. Like she had a certain aesthetic to her. 
And it kind of just kept going and going and, you know, and eventually like it really became much more than making me confident. I realized that it was a good vessel to make other people feel confident as well. And so it's a brand now. I love how it started at college as something to just like help you through your college experience. But now it's just become your personal brand. Also at Duke, which is where you went for undergrad. I know your uh, local college bar had like SFK shots and stuff like it really took off. So you've had some sense of branding and marketing yourself from a younger age. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, moving on to your parents, who are both in the film industry, your dad is a writer, director, and producer, Lodge Kerrigan, um, who has a long list of credits, but my favorite personally is the star show, The Girlfriend Experience. And then your mom is the VP of development, Lily Newmeyer at MTV. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most important lessons your parents instilled in you growing up? just about being a creative entrepreneurial individual? Yeah, I mean, so both of my parents kind of like, they were on different paths in the beginning. So my mom was actually fully a doctor in Argentina. She finished medical school. She finished her residency as a psychiatrist. And then when she finished, she realized that she really, like there weren't like, she lived at a time with a dictatorship and there weren't creative opportunities. So she ended up leaving and immigrating to the United States, going to Tisch, uh, NYU film school where she met my dad. And my dad had kind of like a mirrored story where like he was pushed in a direction and really stuck to his guns and ended up paying for all of college and under uh, and graduate school himself. So, wow. you know, both of them really always, the lesson was like always, always, always find what you love to do and that should be your job. And, you know, because, you know, something that was said to me was like, time is so much more valuable than money. Because, you, you know, if you become really great at something, you will get the money. You will get that. But time, you have to choose time. And it's true. Like, I love my fucking job. Like, I don't have the Sunday scary moment, like, anymore. Like, I did a little bit when I was leaving refinery because I was ready for the next thing. But now it's like my job is, like, makes me feel so whole, so fulfilled, like, so happy. And that's also part of the reason why, like, I'm not really, like, yes, I want a corona boyfriend, haha, but, like, <laughs> I don't really want to be in a relationship. I don't date. Like I don't go on dates. Like if I do, it's because it's like I was forced against my will or like it just like was a great connection that I couldn't pass up. Or but I it's really content don't date. for your career. Or it's content for my career. Exactly. So I'm super so I'm just someone who like I'm so happy and fulfilled and like want to keep going and pushing myself. And I want to be like, I mean, I want to be a fucking star. We know that. Yes. So for them, it was always like time is valuable over money. Pick what you love to do. And then the second thing is it's just work ethic. Like you have to work harder than everyone else. Like think about all the people, all the people I admire, which is like Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, Rihanna, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Wow. It's what funny a that list. You laugh. I love that list. A very diverse it's funny list. That you laugh. And I think that it's so funny how people, and I'm not saying that you did this, but I think that, you know, oh, Kim Kardashian's your first one. Well, she's a fucking multimillionaire. She's a lawyer. She has a uh, Skims brand. She's makeup. She is one of the longest, you know, reality shows of all time. She's, she's the most famous influencer in the world. And I love that people scoff when I say that, but I'm like, well, what? She literally works harder than everyone else. I think it's honestly yeah. super sexy that society hates on me. And I don't want to, them. I don't want to group them in, but I think specifically Kim, like mm-hmm. it's just so sexist. Like, so I, like, I look up to females that are so independent and so fierce and so driven and so unapologetically themselves. And that Kim Kardashian to me represents that. Beyonce represents that. Rihanna hundred percent represents that. She, I mean, she literally like LVMH, like she's brilliant. She, everything she touches turns to gold, mm-hmm. but that's because all of these women, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, another person of someone who like example of someone who 
is so brilliant, so motivated and stopped at nothing. And it all really goes back to work ethic because I truly believe that like, you know, people come from nothing. People come from things. People like I've noticed, like we grew up in a very privileged city with a very people. And I noticed that a lot of the ones that have that foundation of money and, you know, resources, they don't have that same fucking drive. And it's not to say that I'm not privileged. Like I know I am, but I also came from an immigrant mother and my dad also didn't come from money. So it was just never like, I was never going to be like, I was just raised to be like, you have to fucking do the work. So yeah, you were that's just to think in a way as if you didn't have a safety net, which gives you more drive definitely at the end of the day. hundred percent. And like, at the end of the day, like my parents, sure, I have a safety net of like money, maybe sure. Like I think that if I was in dire need, they would help me. But I don't have the safety net of success. That has to come from me. No one's going to hand that to me. And it's like another point that like my mom is in, my parents are in my industry and I don't have a show because they're not going to give me one. (laughs) Like I have to do it myself, you know? So I think that, you know, it's just, at the end of the day, you can be super fucking talented. You could have the best idea ever. But if you're not going to put in the work, it's like literally it's like it's just not going to happen Definitely. for you. It's no, that's not. really good. And I didn't honestly like it wasn't really a scoff. It's more like an appreciation for you because I just love that you're not afraid to name people like that. Um, because I think a lot of people would look at Kim Kardashian and be like, oh, she had a sex tape. She got lucky. Her family's lucky, but there's oh my God. Like, there, there's like we were talking about kind of like with the whole influencer world, like there is a lot more behind the scenes that's going on than we see. Um, and there is a reason that there are like these memes, like, you know, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works harder. These people are yeah. always redefining themselves and reinventing themselves and making themselves relevant. So I actually think that makes a lot of sense that she's someone who you look up to. And she also does kind of put everything out on the line, which is something that you've been really good at doing. Yeah. And I just want to say like lucky, like Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian isn't fucking lucky. Like sure the sex tape that got her on the map, but I, you know, it's all about momentum. Like Kim Kardashian had the sex tape. Okay. Then she like, you know, maybe like became best friends with Paris Hilton or something, but then it could have stopped. But it's the fact that you continue, she continued to go. She continued to stay relevant. She continued to have momentum. That is, that is pure work. That is pure work. And I don't want to sit here like defending Kardashian. I just find that like the way that women, successful women are like kind of not scoffed at, but like the way they're like, oh, well, she just had a sex tape. Oh, well, she was lucky. Oh, she was asking for it. Oh, this. Oh, she, who do you know who she had sex with? The, you know, her agent, da, da, da. Bullshit. We don't talk about men like that. And if anyone wants to get an argument with this with me, please DM me. I would love to like cheer that off. Okay. You heard it here first. DM her to start an argument. No, I I love that you have this feminist core value that really seems to inspire everything you do. Um, And that is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I think you are a very 21st century, like 2020 kind of feminist, and you're not afraid to defend it. So I love that. Um, I love that message. And it is really true. We have to take a step back as society and see how we've been predisposed to look at things in a sexist light that we wouldn't use for men at all. So um, no, I, I think that's great. And I'm glad you said it. Okay, so what was something that like really helped you in building your personal brand? You're talking about work ethic a lot, um, but how did you begin to build your personal brand at Refinery? And what would you suggest to other people who are trying to do the same? Um, I would say don't like be like, I want to build a personal brand. I would say be like, I want to become an expert in something and have serviceable content to help other people. 
I think that's the way to do it. I think you like, don't be afraid to be incredibly fucking niche and really specific to me, like confidence felt so hyper-specific, but it ends up actually kind of like confidence applies to every place in your life. Right. And it cuts between class, ethnicity, race, gender, language. I mean, everyone, you know, geographical location, socioeconomic, like it's confidence is applicable to everyone. But the way that I talk about confidence, no one really does. And I think the only person that I think I'm on the same kind of like dialogue level with, but we're also insanely different is Lizzo, right? Yeah. Like Lizzo comments in a similar way that I do. But think about it. She's a completely different woman. She's a singer and she's a fucking icon. But I think that like, it's really important for you to get really fucking niche, like really specific. I don't even care if it's like your brand wants to be about like yarn. Like it needs to be niche because there's so many influencers. It's so oversaturated. And everyone's an influencer. Like everyone is an influencer at some point, right? Because everyone has social media and everyone's going to like show a bar that they went to or a water that they drank or a beer or, you know, a shirt, you know, everyone is an influencer in their own right. Yeah. So what you need to do is be serviceable. How are you giving back? How are you giving back to a community? What are you teaching them? Yeah. And how did your following start to grow on Instagram? Just out of curiosity. Was it like working at Refinery and doing videos there? Like what was kind of the base for that? There's no, I mean, I was pretty, like I was, I grew it at Duke too, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I had like, I'm not like one of those influencers that like, you know, just like one day it was like a lot. Like I, I, it's just like, it's a slow build, baby. It's a slow build. And has that been absolutely frustrating? 100%. But now I'm not really because it's working. Like, I think it's like, it's all, all about engagement. It's all about quality. It's like my followers really feel like they have a relationship with me. If you have a million followers, like, they're not going to feel that way about you. Definitely. You know? So it's like, I feel like I like the slow build. At first, I did not, but I appreciate it so much because I literally know my followers. Like, there's followers I talk to every single day, wow. you know? Yeah, and what's some important feedback that you think you've gotten as you've built this following from people who are just like absolute strangers from totally different places who have been following you throughout your career? Um, I mean, they tell me that I inspire them, that they, you know, one one girl texted me yesterday and she, um, I forgot that I did this, but apparently five months ago she came to me and she was really upset because she felt really insecure. And she's like, I don't get how to build my confidence. And I said, every single day, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say out loud to yourself, I'm fucking amazing. I'm beautiful. I'm worthy. And I love myself. And she was like, are you sure? Like, that's so extra. That's so much. And I was like, no, 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 do it. And come back to me when you're confident. And literally five months later, she texted me saying it worked. She was like, I can't even believe it. But I'm like, I'm literally that bitch. And I was like, I fucking told you. You have to have an open dialogue with yourself out loud for the world to hear. You have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So So do you do that every day? Have you been doing that recently, like with quarantine and everything, just giving yourself those positive affirmations in the mirror? I mean, I don't do it. And I feel like I never really, like I do positive affirmations. Like I remember in Australia, even I would do like, like legit, like when we were drunk, like after going out, I would like come home and like play Beyonce and like do like dance in my underwear, like on video for myself, just because like, it made me feel sexy. And like, I wanted to like record that moment and record that confidence, like probably it was the alcohol, whatever. But I think a big part of my personal affirmation was changing my name to fucking like, that was yeah. my, because I, that's how I introduced myself. So that was the dialogue there. But yeah, I mean, like, obviously like when I'm getting ready, I'm like, damn bitch, you're literally looking fucking fire. You know, like, that's what I do. And it fucking works. Like it works. 
And anyone like it just works because think about all the people that you love in your life, you compliment them. So why wouldn't you do that with yourself? That's really true. And I think like teaching self-love is it's such an amazing thing to be doing for girls out there who are growing up, never feeling good enough, always being hypercritical. And it's really a process that takes a while. Do you feel like you've grown leaps and bounds from when you started the whole SFK persona, like in terms of confidence? Oh my God, absolutely. I mean, like I literally like only introduced myself as Serena fucking Garrigan. Now I don't have to do that, you know? (laughs) But I mean, it was a crutch for me. And then I, I, you know, SFK and Serena became the same person. So it's the same thing as a positive affirmation. Like eventually I develop, but I also think that, you know, like I didn't understand what SFK was. Like I didn't understand why I was doing it. Now I have a lot of insight. I did it because I was insecure and I wanted to da da da. But before back then I didn't know why I did it. I just fucking did it. Like I was just like, I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan. I didn't have like a real reasoning. And so when I, you know, became Serena and SFK in one, became confident and really understood the reasoning behind it, that was like a big moment of evolving for me. Um, because eventually I didn't need it anymore. Like when I meet someone, I don't say I'm starting to fucking care again, unless like I want to be funny. Yeah. But like I don't need to do that. But before I could not not do that, you know? Yeah. So it kind of changed from being just this crutch that you were using to something that was just integrated into your whole personality. Right. So how do you deal with backlash when you feel like people are attacking you for being too out there, like overly confident or too much? Like just talking about the like, these guys that you were doing the dating show with, what would you say to people who are saying that to you? They're insecure. Yeah. So they're projecting their stuff onto you, basically. They're projecting on me. What the fuck? <laughs> like, why does my confidence bother you? I'm a nice person. My whole brand is about making people feel good about themselves. Yeah. How could that possibly bother you unless you were jealous of how secure I am with myself? Yeah. Fair. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. And those guys that like were saying I'm challenging, mm-hmm. like, I didn't care. I was just like, oh my God, you literally missed the one person that's making your show a success. So, like, I mean, like it's done. Like your relationship with me is over. Yeah. Like you don't do that. You don't attack women like that. And I'm telling you my whole life, people are like, don't, you know, you might be like so many people in my life are like, stop using fucking like, you know, no one's going to want to work with you. Like you're too extra. No one's going to want to date you. And I've fallen in love a couple of times. I have major brands working with me and I'm happy and I have an amazing audience and I have amazing friends. So don't listen to those people because those people are insecure and they're threatened by women being assertive and confident. Yeah. Period. Everything goes back to, I, I, I know I sound like a bra burning feminist, but everything goes back to female equality. Yeah. It really fucking does. If you think about it, like it really, really does so many things about how I am this, like, you know, like I, I by the way, I don't really get backlash. Like, I think I've gotten one comment on my Instagram ever. Do people probably talk shit about me behind my back? For sure. But I don't give a fuck. But like, even if someone was like, you're so much, you're so extra, like your confidence is fake. It's not real. I'm like, if that makes you feel good about yourself to bash me, then like go fucking right ahead. But like you look ridiculous yeah. and pathetic. Stop worrying about me. Why don't you worry about yourself? Yeah, there's you know? so many just like people who are trolling online. And it's like, would you ever say that to someone's face? Honestly, yeah. I just think being a creative individual takes so much confidence and so much preservation and the ability to be vulnerable. And anyone who's trying to take that down, it's like, what are you doing at the end of the day? So I totally agree with that. I mean, I know like when I was telling my parents and stuff about starting this podcast and having what the fucks in the name, they were like, oh, that's going to turn people off. And I was like, okay, but it's 
also going to turn the right people off. Like, I don't want people listening to mm. this who are going to be offended by a curse word in the name because I want to curse in it. Like, so I think that the good thing is that if you stand for certain things, and if you're not afraid to say certain things, it will filter people out, but it will filter the right people out. And that's kind of what you seem to be saying about like these guys that you were doing the dating show with. It's like, yeah, it filtered them out, but you guys at the end of the day stood for totally different things. So, um, yeah, I feel like everything you're saying is just so on point and so what I'm trying to, you know, project from this podcast. Okay, so we're going to move into a segment that I call quarter life qualms. So basically, this segment is just talking about the quarter life and what that's been like and how success isn't necessarily a through line. So yeah, let's get into it. I mean, honestly, like, I, I feel great. I like being 25, 26. I just turned 26. Um, I like feel like you can't compare yourself to other people. You have to have blinders on, Mm -hmm. like you're in horse race and you just have to fucking concentrate on the finish line. You know, people become successful. You know, my parents right now, I feel like they're, they're very at the peak of their success and they're, you know, in their late fifties. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I just like, wouldn't, you know, be hard on yourself. Yeah. Just keep going, keep creating, keep trying new things. That's what your twenties are for. Definitely. Okay. So I'm just going to get into some of the questions of this segment. So you've already talked a little bit about this, but since you are the queen of confidence, what are some insecurities that you've had about yourself and how have you worked on them as you've gotten older? I mean, I just, I, you know, I grew up and like I had curves, like I had a mm-hmm. tummy, like I just like, wasn't like, I didn't look like, you know, other girls when I was growing up and I noticed and I was called fat, I was bullied. And that was hard. It was really hard and it was really hard to love my body. But I think as I got older, I realized that I'm getting controlled by, you know, first of all, you are who you are mm-hmm. and like you're, you, know, you have to accept yourself, but also like you are in control. Like I put in the work to like work out every single day and eat really healthy. And like, I've grown to really love my body. So, um, other insecurities, not many, just like, you know, I wish sometimes that I was more self-sufficient and I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I wish that I like could edit, shoot, produce everything on my own, like YouTubers do, but it's not really an insecurity. It's just something I want to work on myself. Yeah. And I think the whole thing you're saying about like body insecurities also is so real growing up, especially as women, like we're always just being judged by our bodies and by our looks. But also it's just something that's, I think, really reared its head in this time for a lot of people being quarantined because we're not able to move around as much. Um, We're not able to work out as much. I know a lot of people have been stress eating, myself included. Um, So that's something that's like really great to have the foundation of you having already kind of learned to like embrace your body and love your curves. Appreciate that. Yeah. What is something that you've learned being in your 20s that you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? That like you're going to find your person and stop giving boys so much power about how you view yourself because literally you're literally not going to even remember their fucking name or care. (laughs) Yeah, I think about some of the guys I dated, especially in high school or even early college that I just wouldn't think twice about today that I gave so much power to. It's a part of life. Yeah, it is. You love your learn. Okay. um, What are some of the most difficult aspects of adulting for you? Um, cooking my own food. I like can't. (laughs) Yeah. So so you made a video recently that 
fully cracked me up just about like quarantining and stuff. Um, you're disinfecting your door with vodka. You're putting your pots in the microwave. Um, it was hilarious. So did you grow up always ordering in? Because I know that's like a very New York City mindset. Not really. Like my mom just made my food. I, it's like my mom. So my parents like are not foodies. Like they're not like big in like cooking and stuff. Like they're creators and they create, you know, stories. Mm-hmm. And they're just ne- so that was just never ingrained in me as a kid. Like it was never ingrained in me. Like don't get me wrong. Like I love food and I love a home cooked meal, but it just like for them, like you know, they work. My dad is like an independent filmmaker, and my mom like worked you know all fucking day, and then had to you know pick me up from school, and like it just like you know they're divorced, so like it, they were single parents, but yeah. together, but whatever. But like it just was never. Like, oh, I'm going to come home after a full day of work and help screen with their homework and cook a whole meal. Like, that was just never going to be, never happened. So it was just never a value that was instilled to me. I subscribe to, like, the, like, chef girl, and I don't fucking care. I fucking microwave shit. There's such a ton of prepared foods. And, yeah, like, obviously I'm lucky that I can, like, order seamless and stuff. But, I mean, I've noticed that, like, my spending habits have gone down so much because I don't Uber anywhere anymore. So, like, I've been kind of, like, being like, well, I guess I could order some spicy rigatoni from Carbone. Yeah, you're also not going out and drinking. So it's like, why not? Um, Also, technically, we're supporting local businesses, which is something that, like, I know that the restaurant, the whole industry has been hit so hard. And, you know, as, like, an actor, I know a lot of people who are working in the restaurant business who have, like, lost their jobs and stuff. So even though it is a privilege, it's one that I think this is a time, like, that you can indulge it and feel like you're kind of giving back. Agreed. Um, Okay. So how has technology either hurt or helped you in this moment of your life? Um, I mean, it's totally helped in that, like, my job is, you know, (laughs) dependent on technology. Yeah. And we're, you know, I think like people are like, oh, we're social distancing. I think the opposite. I don't think we're social distancing. I think we're physically distant, but I've never felt more connected to people in my life than like now, you know? So yeah, I feel like it's great. Yeah. Do you ever feel like your attention span has like gone down or do you ever find yourself getting distracted from things you're supposed to be doing because you're like spending so much time on social media or do you just like seeing the positives of it? I mean, honestly, like my job is social media. Mm -hmm. So it's for me I need to see what people are doing I need to see what kind of images they're taking what content they're creating like I it's a part of my job I mean I do definitely wish I spent more time reading or like you know what even watching tv like now I'm like fully integrated in my tiktok life that I like I'm so inspired so yeah obviously like there are things you know that I wish I spent more time with but like this is my job and like right now I want to fucking make it big so like I have to kind of like spend my time on social and seeing what everyone else is up to yeah and is there someone who you've been inspired by on social media recently that you've kind of been emulating in some way or are you just kind of picking things here and there um you know it's funny it's a mutual friend I love Nick Lehman mm-hmm. um he's our friend he's a comedian yeah, and he's, he's really it. inspired me because he does a lot of skit content, uh, video content, and it's really inspired me because it's something that I'm testing out these days. So I love his stuff. And then for women, I mean, I love just like really, I love Tezza. She's an influencer I fucking love. She's so, so creative. I don't know. I just like seeing what people are up to, you know? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, Nick is great. Nick's been, um, Nick Lehman, everyone should go follow him. He uh, is one of my best friends from college. You know him as well, just through like mutual friends and stuff, I'm assuming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty crazy how he's just like 
blown up. It all started with Twitter for him, I think. And now he's been making a lot of videos um, for Instagram that have just been really taking off. And he's always been one of the funniest people I know. But um, but yes, did that like inspire you with your recent video that you did with the quarantine stuff where you're making fun of yourself and the whole situation? No, it didn't. But after I did it, I was like, oh, like now I have to do what Nick does. Because now that I proved that SFK is a character and yeah. I'm funny, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, now I can do what he does, you know? Definitely. And what has it been like exploring TikTok for you? Like, I know I actually watched something where I think you made a great point. Like, and I think this all kind of intertwines with what you've been saying about like people that, you know, people may hate on or whatever, um, but how they're actually like tapping into a market that's really important. Um, And you were kind of talking about that, like with TikTok and how people make fun of it, especially millennials, but that the Gen Z, the up and coming generation are the ones who are defining what is cool and what is fun. And TikTok's just like really taken off with the quarantine. It makes people, it lets anyone be creative. At the end of the day, like for me, that is like one of like, my biggest values is like, like being creative and like, because creativity like brings people together. It's like an art form. I love it. I, it makes me so happy. And like everyone who does it is just fucking like insecure and embarrassed that they can't like be on TikTok themselves. It's literally what it is. <laughs> so like, you mostly like, been doing dances or have you been doing any like comedic videos? I've been doing both. Like I did like my birthday one, which was comedic. I've done mostly dances just because I like the challenge of learning a dance because I've never – I love dancing and I'm always kind of like a quirky dancer, like like super freestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like love the – like I would never like sit here if it wasn't for TikTok and be like, I'm just going to like learn a 15-second dance right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So this allows me to like be like, okay, this will help me like move my brain forward and I get to learn a dance and I get to work out. So it's like I love it. I think it's so fun. Yeah. Has that been your main mode of working out or have you been doing other things? No, no, no. I I, I work out every morning like for an hour. Or two. Wow. You're really on top of it. You're really living your best quarantine life. I honestly might be. I'm like scared for when it ends, to be honest. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> How am I going to work out every day and do everything I wanted to do? Um, this is actually just like circling back a little bit, but um, you were talking about how you quit your job at Refinery and what was your like original goal or how you saw yourself like spending this time if it weren't for the quarantine? Um, I think it was just like creating content, mm-hmm. doing a lot more events, uh, but we're like moving all of them on virtual on Zoom anyway. So I feel good about it. Like I, I don't know. I don't try to think about like the what ifs, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're, we're moving, we're just focused on, on the now. Yeah. You know? And what kind of events are they? like book clubs, panels, like I really want to create a community of women that like, you know, know each other mm-hmm. and like feel confident with each other. Um, and just being like more accessible. Like I'm really like, I think that I thrive in like a live context, which is why I'm doing my live show. Uh, I'm really good in front of an audience. So, and I like to entertain. So that's a lot of what I was doing. And what I love about it now is like, it was very confined to New York. Right. But now it's like, I'm on Instagram, like anyone can come in. So I actually think it's like, it's just the best of both worlds really. Yeah. I mean, I think like this whole situation has forced people to kind of think outside the box and be more creative and reach out to people who are like, not necessarily in the same city as them. Um, You're in New York City, and I'm in LA. So that is awesome. That takes away some of the confines that you would normally have for these kinds of events. No, I agree. I think that restraints are actually the best thing for creativity because you're forced to think outside of the box. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is dealing with a quarter life crisis or any kind of anxiety? 
Um, I mean, I would definitely go to therapy. I'm a big advocate <laughs> for mental health. Yeah. And that's the first things first, go to therapy. Yeah. And then I would just like, you know, always ask yourself, well, what's the worst that thing that could happen? Like, what are you really afraid of? Because usually what you're usually afraid of is not that scary. And if it is, you probably can control some part of it to make it less scary. Yeah. Um, or anything. Yeah. I feel like a big theme for you and your advice is have control over what you have control over and kind of let go of the rest. Right. Yeah. For my last segment, I want to play Would You Rather and do a quarantine edition since this whole thing's been guided by our current situation. My first question is, would you rather quarantine without Netflix or without alcohol? Without Netflix. Okay. So you need alcohol. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) I haven't been watching Netflix. I've been on TikTok. So my drinking, I've been drinking every night, which is a little... Uh, yeah. No, I think I think everyone has. There's that one meme that's like, people are either going to come out of this being like professional chefs or alcoholics or like a combination, honestly. So Exactly. Would you rather come out of this... I can't say Instagram famous. I guess I'll say more Instagram famous or TikTok famous. Instagram famous. Okay. And why is that? Because that's where the audience is. That's where, like, I can really say my message. TikTok is, like, fun for me, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, like – it's fun. It's, you know, like, I think it's important to always, you know, innovate. And, like, if that's the next big thing, then you need to get on it if you want to be successful. But Instagram is really where, like, I have my audience, I have my message, and, like, where I'm really going to make money and grow. Would you rather be stuck in quarantine with an ex you despise or a family member that you can't stand? Ooh. (laughs) Probably an ex because then like we can just like have hate sex. <laughs> I honestly imagined you saying that is your response. So I'm glad that I was yeah. on point with it. Would you rather be able to safely break quarantine to get all your beauty needs taken care of? So nails, hair, whatever, or to spend one hour with the friends of your choice? Oh my God. I love my friends, but I'm going to have to do the, the beauty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta. What has it been like for you? Like, what's your current beauty status? I mean, I'm just like anxious because you want to talk about anxiety. That's an anxiety I have okay. because like my 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 like my career is so front facing. Like I'm like on camera every day. So and it's something that makes me feel secure, like my eyelashes, my nails, my hair, and oh my god, like it's 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 not it's it's fine for now. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, if we're here for another month, then like, I'm going to need to do something. So we'll see. (laughs) Okay. Are there any last things that you want to talk about or any questions that I missed? No, it's great. I think you did an amazing job and I'm so proud of you for doing this podcast and for letting me on. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I think you're a perfect person to have on and I think you're a perfect quarantine guest. And I hope that everyone comes out of this inspired as I am and a little more confident than they were before. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Okay. And tune into my live show. Yes. Tune into her live show. Do you want to plug all of your stuff? Yeah. Everything. I made everything. My Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's all Serena Kerrigan. Easy. And then uh, my live show, Quarantinis with SFK, is at 6.30 every day. And then my live dating show, I don't know what time it's going to be. It's probably going to be like 8 or 8.30 on Fridays. Wow. So you're doing back to back. Yeah, I go live every day. So, all right. Well, everyone, go follow her. And thank you so much for coming on and answering all my questions. And yeah, bye, everyone. Bye.